0: You guys can be seated. Um, Can we give a round of applause just as a thank you to both Caleb and Quentin? So we're like really, really spoiled down here uh, to have the talent that we do um, and that these guys show up on a weekly basis, even with all the responsibilities that they have. Um, with school and family and jobs and all sorts of stuff. And so um, make sure that you say thank you to them um, for the time that they give up for you guys. Um, obviously uh what they're doing is for God and they're they're leading us in worship because they feel like that's what God wants them to do. Um, so let's not miss that. But let's also not miss the fact that they're still sacrificing that. Um sacrifice of time and energy and so forth. Um you're good if you what whatever you can turn it on if you want to or leave them off or I don't know what you're asking. Are you? Oh yeah, I was asking to. It's whatever. If you guys want to turn them on, you can. <clears throat> okay. So, um, so do you guys know uh, what the food pyramid is? Yes. yes. I learned it, but I forgot. To... Now, have they changed that? Have they made it the food plate now? Like, yeah. so it's still the food pyramid. Okay. So it's still the food pyramid. I know that there's been like controversy about like how much. You know portions you get of grains and meat and all sorts of stuff. Oh, oh, I, was of the food I thought you meant the animals like we're at the top. Uh, now that's the food chain. That's different. That's different. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now it's a plate. Okay. All right. Yeah, the food plate. Okay. So, um, so you guys know what we're talking about now. Used to be a food pyramid, now is a food plate with the portions that you need. Okay. All right. So we're all on the same page. So um, when you look at that uh, plate, I'm going to say pyramid because when I grew up and I was your age, it was a pyramid. Okay. When you look at the pyramid um, and you see all those things laid out, <clears throat> do you think that doctors expect you to just leave most of that pyramid out and just eat one thing on there? No. No. Right? There might be some people some dietitians that would suggest that but in general um, the the health community would say no you you need to get a certain number of calories of whole grains you need to get a certain number of calories of protein you need to get a certain number of calories of vegetables and so forth and so forth and so forth and so um, so we look at that food pyramid as a guide to to being a healthy um, individual in the w- the way that we're eating right so so if we ate just one thing for our entire life, one food category for our entire life, then we would be malnourished, we wouldn't be developing properly, there would be serious health issues, we could possibly even die, okay? And so we're talking about elements of a healthy faith. And as I was uh, singing tonight, I started thinking, it's much like the food pyramid. Because a lot of times what we try to do with our spiritual walk is we try to pick one or two things that are important, maybe just one thing, but but very rarely do we find balance among all the things that God's called us to, whether it be personal worship or corporate worship or Bible study or prayer or whatever, that we, we want to pick and choose. And at some points in our lives, it's very easy for us to say, well, I, I want personal worship with God. I want that personal relationship, but I don't want to go to the church because that's too hard. But that's like leaving out meats off of the food pyramid. Or maybe I just go to church and I'll let the pastor digest it for me and he's going to spit it up like a bird into a baby bird's mouth um, and, and I'm just going to eat mush my entire life spiritually and, and I'm not going to go to the rigors of actually having my own Bible study or figuring out what it looks like to spend time with God in my own time and I'm just going to leave that part out. But again, it's just as faulty. We need a spread of what God has given us is what we call the spiritual practices, the spiritual disciplines. And so we're talking about um, these different spiritual practices and different different spiritual disciplines that, that impact us on a soul level, that impact you guys and transform you guys. And so we are malnourishing ourselves if we say, well, I'll pick this spiritual discipline, but I'm not going to do any of these spiritual disciplines over here. That would be like me saying that I'm just going to eat meat the rest of my life and not eat any other vegetables or drink anything or, or whatever, and I'm just going to eat meat. That would be completely absurd, right? Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about something I'm really passionate about. Um, we're going to be talking about what it looks like to worship God um, individually, and and part of what we're going to be talking about are are some core spiritual disciplines. Now, when I say discipline, I don't mean something that is like really really bad, like a parent does to you. Well, it's not bad that parents discipline you, but you might feel like it's bad when a parent disciplines you. But we use the term spiritual disciplines because it's not always easy. In fact, there is a a, a rigor to it that that we need to embrace because sometimes we just don't want to do what we what we should be doing like reading the bible or praying or spending time in in individual worship sometimes it just feels easier to not do it right and so so there is a discipline to it and and and, and as we develop spiritually and as we grow in our relationship with god we have to have a plan that goes along with that okay because if we don't have a plan that goes along with that guess what You and I are human beings, and we're going to slip into doing whatever's the easiest, which for most people is either just not going to church, not really uh, pursuing God, or for some people that might feel like that they're good Christians, it's coming to church, but that's about where it stops. So tonight we're going to be talking about personal worship and what that looks like for you guys. And in that, we're going to be talking about four specific things. We're going to be talking about the Bible, and we've already talked about that in the first lesson, um, so we're going to talk briefly about that. And then we're going to talk about prayer and how that plays a part in your personal worship. We're going to talk about quiet time, okay, or devotional time. I don't know what you guys want to call that, but that's sacred space that you set aside in your day, um, for you to just spend time with God, and then we 're going to talk about giving and what that looks like for the Christian and what we 're called to um, as Christians, okay so the first thing that we 're going to talk about is the Bible now the bible 's the foundation of truth right it 's a foundation that, that that we get anchored to that 's why we started this series with talking about how to study the Bible because if it, it, you can go to different churches and you can hear different pastors and you can you can read different books and that 's all great and fine and good. But the Bible supersedes all of that. And so, so the Bible is central, central to who we are as Christians. In fact, it's so central that when I went to um, Niger, one of the things that they said would be a bridge from me to the Muslims in that area, the Muslims in that area said that they were people of the book. Now, they didn't mean people of the Bible, obviously. They mean people of the Quran, But um, they said that we too as Christians are people of the book and if we use that terminology with them then they would understand that that, that when, what we meant by that is that we submit to to an ancient scripture okay they aren't the same i'm not saying they're the same but we submit to the scriptures and because of that i could build a bridge to these muslims that that were people of the book as well it is central to everything that we are as christians central okay so um it's important that when we're in personal uh personal worship with God, that we know how to spend time in God's word and glean the things that we need to as Christians to walk through this life. So um, the first thing is is that uh, it's a revelation, um, which is a disclosure by God of truths at which people could not arrive at without divine initiative and enabling. Okay, we see in Scripture it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night, Um, They reveal knowledge. They have no speech and use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. God has revealed himself to us. And we all just sit here blank-faced. Because we've heard that, right? But really think about that. Did God ever have to do that? No. Was God obligated to do that? Not at all. And yet he chose to reveal himself. Now there's two different types of revelation that theologians talk about. Okay, don't get lost in this. But there's a um, special revelation and and a general revelation. Okay? So a special revelation would be like scripture, where God is specifically revealing himself in a special means. And then there's general revelation where we see that in this passage, but we also see it in Romans, where God reveals himself through his creation. That anybody on the face of the planet knowing what they see in creation, could have some sort of knowledge that there is a higher being. That's general revelation. And then there's specific or special revelation where God specifically reveals himself, and through Scripture he does that, and Jesus Christ he does that. And then sometimes through prophecy and stuff like that. But the Bible is where we learn and and, and find God revealing himself. That is why it's so stinking, central to what we do as Christians. Because if we think that we, we know God but we don't know Scripture, then, then we're basing that off of either our own ideas or the ideas of somebody that told you what to think about God. Both of those can be very, very shaky ground to stand on. But but in Scripture, praise God, he's revealed himself to us, revealed his heart to us, revealed that he is a pursuer of humanity and that he loves us. And so when I spend time in his word, it's like him opening the window into his own heart. And that's why it's so important. So the Bible uses a lot of different images about itself. So we're going to look at a few. We're going to look at nine images and we're going to make this as quick as possible. Okay, nine images um, that the Bible uses to describe itself. Um, I don't think that that's a blank on there, is it?